שלום עליכם, שבוע טוב. All of you listeners of this great station, station דברי מוסר, דברי תורה, דברי הלכה, religious music. This is Rabbi Albaz from SLC. We're going to talk about the parasha, Ayesara, we read yesterday. Well, the parasha, as uh, you probably noticed, uh, is the only parasha in the Torah that has in detail uh, the idea of matchmaking. I to bring uh, a bride to a groom. Eliezer, the servant of Abraham, was given a task, a great task, but he was very loyal to Abraham. And despite the fact that he would have been very happy and enthused to have his own daughter to be the wife of Yitzchak, still he did not let that idea stop him or even uh, bother him or try to do anything to stay away from achieving the objective that he was given to by his master, Avraham Avinu. So he went straight to it. Avraham Avinu told him, I want you to go to my original hometown and there my family, and I want you to bring a bride from there. I don't want you to take anyone from Benot Canaan, not from the Canaanites' uh, young ladies, only from my hometown. And he did. He went there. And now he come to a town. It was very far, of course, very far, but he still did it. He had Kfitzat Derech. And... When he got there, now, how do you go about bringing a bride? I mean, uh, what do you do? So he figured he was going to rely on Hashem. And he made a wish. He says, the, I'm standing here now by, by the well, and the young lady that would come in, and would ask her to give me the drink, and she will accept giving me to drink, but not only that, but she will also say to me, I will also give drink to your camels. He says, that's the one that HaKadosh Baruch Hu really wants for my uh, master's son, for Yitzchak Avinu. Uh, you realize anybody could have come, but HaKadosh uh, Baruch Hu sent him the right person. Hashem sent him Rivka. And Rivka came, and she did give him to drink, and she gave to the camels to drink. We're talking about here 10 camels. And we're talking about a young girl. and But she accepted anyhow. There's a lot of water involved when you, uh, camels drink a lot. Uh, but she did it. Now, this test is a test of chesed. You see whether a person that really has the midah of chesed ingrained in him. Uh, it's not, uh, I mean, she, she could have told him, <laughs> sir, you know, you're much bigger than me. You're stronger than me. Why don't you go do it yourself? In fact, he, he was a very strong man. According to the Midrash, when he came in with so much uh, goods with him, Betuel and Lavan went to conspire against him and they wanted actually to, to kill him. But then they looked out the window and they saw that 
the camels, he wanted them to drink over there, and they were crossing a river, and they refused to cross a short stream. And he picked them up. He picked the camel himself. And then they said to them, Lavan Bitwell said, well, wait a minute, these guys are very, very strong. <laughs> We're not going to be able to, to do anything against them. So they decided instead to poison him. But when they gave him the food with the poison, the malach came and he pushed the plate to Bituel. Bituel, the father of Rivka, is the one that ate the wrong food. And as a result, he died. At any rate, here she is. She passes the test beautifully. And what does he do? Eliezer takes gifts. He gives her a ring, which is, the, the Torah tells us that that ring was a golden ring, but it tells us the weight of the ring. That ring was one beka. One beka is half a shekel. Approximately 10 grams. Then he gave her two bracelets. The bracelets, the two, not three or four or five, but exactly two. And they weighed 10 shekalim. 10 shekalim. Uh, 200 grams, something like that. Now, what's the idea? Why is the Torah telling us exactly the weight and exactly how many? He could have said, okay, he gave her a ring and he gave her a bracelet and finish. What's the idea behind the, pre the precision of, of the numbers in there? Rashi explains that. And Rashi says, you know why the ring was exactly one beka, which is half a shekel? Because it gives a, a hint, a remez, to later on when the Bnei Israel are going to be bringing Mahasita shekel, half a shekel, each one will bring half a shekel to the, the Rebeta Mikdash in order to use that for korbanot sibur. That's for public sacrifices. That's what that one beka signifies. And we're about, what about the two bracelets and uh, and and the uh, the fact that it's ten shekali? Well, the two bracelets because that's a hint for the luhot. We have two luchot, one on either side, five commandments. And why is it that it is asara, zahav, mishkalam, exactly ten shekalim? Because of the ten commandments. This is hinting at the ten commandments. Well, we still have a question. What's the connection? What's the idea behind this? Why is he hinting about the korbanot and the about the, the, the Torah, the Ten Commandments, what's the, what's, the, what's the connection? He could have given something that had to do with Tefillin, perhaps with Shabbat, no, but it's these. And I would like to explain that. You know, before my, before my Torah, the world stood up on only one Middah. With the Zechut, that one Middah, and that's the Middah of Hesed. That was before my Torah. Olam hesedibane. The world is built on hesed. Now, this is why Sedom and Amorah were hit or destroyed because they did not uh, achieve that midah. They didn't have a midah of hesed at all. 
It's the opposite. The rules and the laws in the town were against having Hesed. Even though they, they were immoral, they had other uh, uh, horrible sins, but their faith was sealed because they didn't have the Midah of Hesed. When Lot, on the other hand, Lot was saved from Sodom. Why? Because he did have the Midah of Hesed. When the two Malachim came, he took him in. But that was before Matan Torah. After Matan Torah, the world could not exist without the Torah. Now the Torah is here. So another, another, and another thing was added to the Hesed, which is the Torah, the study of the Torah. Then, after the Egel, the Bnei Israel worshipped the Egel as Zahav, which means that that's like worshipping another god. God forbid. So after that, Hashem commanded to have a Mishkan. The Mishkan to make sure that the people will come there only for one thing, Avodat Hashem, the Avodah of the Borei Olam. With the Korbanot, public, there were uh, Korbanot Sibur, public sacrifices, there were also individual sacrifices, and so on and so forth. Now this now conforms to what Pirkei Avot says, on three things the world stands. And Torah, the study of the Torah, the Avodah, that is, nowadays we don't have the Korbanot, but we do have the prayers, which is part of the Avodah, to worshiping HaKadosh Baruch Hu, recognizing that Hashem is the Bore Olam, and He's our King, is the one that sustains us and provides us with everything. And of course, the Gimelot Hesed. Now, This, the, let, me, let, me, let me get something very straight also here. Something very important. How come Abraham Avinu sent Eliezer only to his hometown and not to the Benot Canaan? Not to the local young ladies that they were in Canaan? You might say, well, look, the Benot Canaan, the girls in Canaan, they, they, they were of the Mavodazara. They were, they were worshiping foreign gods. And, and, and also uh, the uh, Lavan and in, in the home of Rivka, they were also of the Avodah So what's the difference? There's a big difference. There's a difference between certain things that a person perceives in his mind and he accepts them because they, he thinks that's the logical thing to do. And there are other things that have to do with his behavior. Things that have to do with midot, virtues, or bad qualities. Things like anger. Okay? Things like stinginess. A person who is stingy, I mean, you could talk to him all you want. It's not going to help. It's not going to give. It's unwillingness to help. They don't want to do anything. A person is unwilling to help. He's not going to help you. I have my own problems. Me alone. I have my own problem with my children, with my family, with schools. And I want to leave me alone. Too busy with my own problems. When it comes to midot, it's very bad. You cannot change a person. 
But Avodazar, which has something to do with the sechel, with, with the brain, you can easily explain to a person, hey, look, what are you doing? You worshiping a piece of statue, a piece of gold, a stone? So the idea here is that Benot Kenan were mushat, the whole, the whole Kenan, they were mushatim, the people were mushatim. They were corrupt. They were, they were depraved, immoral. They were wicked. They were evil. They were Rishayim. This, it cannot change. Abu Dazara can be changed. So, she came in, and he gave her the test of the Hesed, and she passed the test. The test, the test was beautiful. But you see, Eliezer wanted to hint to her, Rivka, you're great. You passed the test of Hesed. But now you're going to the home of Abraham Avinu. In the home of Abraham Avinu, Hesed is not enough. Over there, you have to have all three things. Torah, Avodah, and Gimilut Hesed. So that's why he gave her the Hesed she passed. But then he gave her the two bracelets, which is a tulohot, the tulohot, which is Ten Commandments, which is symbolic of the Torah. He gave her a hint. Torah. There's Torah involved here also. And the one beka, which is Mahasita Shekel, that was for what? For Barut Sibur, which is the Avodah. So that's why he gave her these with these exact amounts in order to give her the hint when you come to a home of Abraham Avinu, you have to have all these three things in mind. The Hesed, Gimelut Hesed, but also the Torah and the Avodah. Now, these kind of things, of course, is stated in Birkei Avot. Obviously, they should be ingrained and they should be, uh, it should be practiced by every single Jewish home. Study of Torah. A person has to study Torah all the time. As Rabbam said, from the time he starts talking until the day that he, he goes to the next world, he has to study. Avodah, Tefilot, be very careful about going to Tefilat Sibur with the people every day. Gemilut Hesed. The Bnei Israel are known for Gemilut Hesed. The Rahmanim, Bashanim, Gomle Hasadim. Everyone has not only to practice it, but to impress it into the minds of their children. That these three things are basic to a Jewish home. There's another lesson we learn from here is how does Shiduch came? The Shiduch came in Hashemayim. Shiduch in Hashemayim. He made a wish. All of a sudden, Rivka came. Could have been somebody else. No, but it was Rivka because that was the one that was intended for him, for his master's son. Shiduch min hashamayim. As we say, in Masachet Sanhedrin says, Arba'im yom kodem yitzirat avlad. 40 days even before the, the fetus inside the womb is, is formed. But Koliot said there is a voice that goes out from heaven and says, but peluni le peluni. This, this, this girl's going to be the rat boy. It's Minashamayim. 
and nothing can stop a shidduch. If that particular girl is intended to our boy, no one can stop it. You know? I know many, many times people try to, to interfere and try to break a shidduch. Haram. Very, very bad idea. Evil. We're supposed to try always. It's a mezvah to be mishadech someone to the other. And the Gemara in Moed Katan says that the three proofs that the Gemara gives gives that Shiduch is Mina Shamaim. Mina Torah brings from the Torah, from the Nevi'im, from the prophets, from the Ketubim also. And it brings a Pasuk from the Torah. This parasha of yesterday. Vayan Lavan Ubtuel, Lavan Betuel said, Vayomeru, Meashem Yatsad Davar. This came from Agarush Baruchu. We can't stop it. It came from Hashem. Anivim and Shoftim, Shimshon, that he wanted Delina. And he, uh, he, wanted, he wanted her, but it was Menashemaim. It says, Ve'abi ve'imo, his father and mother, Luyadeu, Kimi Hashemi. They didn't know that this was straight from Akashwarhu. And the Ketuvim is a Mishle. It says, Bayit Vahon Nahalat Avot. Umi Hashem, Isha Maskalet. When it comes to uh, a home and to, to, to uh, wealth, to, that, that you can inherit from your parents or grandparents. However, Isha, a woman, it is from HaKadosh Baruch Hashem gives her. So it's, it's all, the, the Shidduch is always from HaKadosh Baruch Now, I want to tell you a little story that has to do with uh, an Abrech, a young man who was a brilliant man, great scholar. Uh, of course, he was a Bahur. He was in Yeshiva. Well, this happened like 150 years ago. And uh, he, uh, they had some questions in the yeshiva. And the Rosh Yeshiva was able to uh, answer most of them except for a couple. But this young man was determined. He had to get the answers to the last two. So his Rosh Yeshiva told him that there is a certain brilliant rabbi in a town a little far away who has sort of, who's a mumhe, who's an expert in this sugya here, and he'll be able to explain to him the whole thing. Of course, since he was determined to get the answers, uh, he, nothing would stop him. And uh, we know for a fact that throughout the ages, many Rabbonim have gone even in fasting in order to get answers to questions. Have you understand? I've just, for example, he fasted three days to have a, 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 a simple question to be answered. And he was answered. He was determined. Despite the fact they took on about roads in those days, uh, he had to go with horse and buggy. There was no cars. He, he couldn't go uh, motorcycles or anything. Yeah. That's it. The roads were not so good. Sometimes it rains, muddy. To be snowing, but he took it upon himself to go. On the way there, 
he, he uh, went into a certain inn for overnight, and he met another Abrech, another young man, also brilliant, great scholar. And uh, as soon as they met each other, they started talking. What did he talk? Talk Torah. Gemara, questions, answers, this, that. They talk, talk for an hour. Finally, this uh, uh, this second guy that he met, he says to him, uh, uh, where are you going? So I'm going to, to this and this rabbi. So the other guy says to him, you know what? I'm also going to that rabbi. I have a special letter from the Hatam Sofer. To give him. So he says, Oh, this so says to him, why do I have to go to uh, to the rabbi? And there's still ways to go. Uh so uh he says to him, Look, you're going there anyway. Take this letter and take it to him. I don't have to bother with continuing the way all the way up there. He says, No problem. So he take, goes there, he takes a letter, he goes to the rabbi, and he asks the questions that he has, this and that. He spends uh, quite, a, quite a bit of time. The rabbi explains to him everything. Finally, just before he leaves, he says to him, <clears throat> Rabbi, I have a letter from the Hatam Sofer for you. He says, oh, very good. He gives him the letter. The rabbi reads the letter. And after he's finished, a big smile on his face. And he says to the young man, Mazal Tov, you're going to be soon my son-in-law. Huh? What happened? The letter stated from the Hadam Sofer that the person who brings that letter to that rabbi is a brilliant scholar. He's the right person for the rabbi's daughter. Imagine. The letter was given to somebody else. And he passed on to this one. And this is the one that was Zohe that had that particular Shidduch. Why? Shidduch Mina Shamayim. Every Shidduch comes from Agadosh Baruch. <clears throat> no one can stop it. And we shouldn't try to do so either. So you understand that all of us should be mithazek, learn all these lessons. First, Torah, Avodah, Gimilut Hesed, as well as know that Shidduchim HaKadosh Baruch Hu always has a hand in it. So let me also remind you that this is a great station here. Try to help as much as you can. And if you have any Simhai, come to SLC. We have a beautiful uh, renovated uh, uh, hall for you. for Thank you for listening. And Shavua Tov to all of you.